This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brock Purdy will dump it off to McCaffrey. He's got a blocker. He's headed for the end zone. And Christian McCaffrey has a 49er touchdown. Let's get back to You Better You Bet. Presented by Bets MGM on the BetQL Network. Chris Myers with the ball last year. The great Christian McCaffrey scored touchdowns. Russian receiving yards. The San Francisco 49ers. That's just what Christian McCaffrey does. Well, Christian McCaffrey go over his prompt this year for rushing yards, 899 and a half. We'll talk about that and more coming up in a moment. Power hour, final hour of the show. Next hour, we'll feature all our bets for tonight. We'll get into a little whatever you prefer as well, hosted by our pal Tyler Morales in a little bit here on You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Will Brinson. Ken Barkley returns to the show coming up on Monday. Uh, Will, when we were going to break at the end of hour number two, you were mentioning Cam Akers and how Hard to have faith in Cam Akers, 749 and a half rushing yards. We'll do Walker, Connor, and McCaffrey in a second here. But let's wrap up the Akers conversation. You don't want anything to do with this. Are you looking to bet an under on Cam Akers this year? Are you looking to draft another Rams running back in fantasy? Like, what are you doing here with Akers and the Rams backfield? Well, unfortunately, I like the Rams this year or like kind of want to like the Rams in a contrarian fashion. And literally every time I say this, I mean, you laughed at me. I get laughed at it on the podcast when I mention it. Um I mean, I think that you talk about Sean McVay is a great NFL coach. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he's getting in. You think he's getting in, apparently. A lot of people don't. But, you know, if they could revamp this offensive line or sort of change up what they do on offense in terms of running the football and protecting Matthew Stafford, and you get 17 games for Stafford and 17 games for Cooper Cup, this offense can actually be good and they can challenge in that division. Because, look, the bottom line is the Seahawks are, are good. We like the Seahawks. Great, could be a great offense, but they're still rocking out Geno Smith there. I mean, that's like let's let's see it back to back years. And the Niners, you know, Brock Purdy, like, as Pete Prisco likes to point out, a little too quick to crown him. So I'm a little I'm bullish on the Rams in a kind of terrifying way. The over there's like six and a half wins. McVay hadn't had a losing record until last season when all hell broke loose. I trusted him. I trusted Stafford. I think Cooper Cup is a stud. The the concern with Acres is just that like they were going to trade him in the middle of last season. And he wanted to get traded. So now is everything fine? Like all of a sudden, it, it's just a very volatile situation. And that's why I don't want to invest in it. I don't want to fade him because I like I like the idea of the Rams being better than people think. Um, so it's kind of a stay away from that run game for me unless I get just really good value. And as you point out, like it's not like they're, you know, stacked at the running back position. Unless unless you have faith in like one of these guys, like Zach Evans is the guy that I'll be watching in training camp in the preseason. So it to potentially usurp Cam sure. Akers. Akers was so good at the end of the year that you would think he'd be able to go over this. Also, like the Rams offensive line is really, really, really bad. And there's big time potential for the wheels to come off this offense. And Will brings up a good point, right? Like things like things were not all well last year with Cam Akers in Los Angeles. So I, I think it's probably a pass for me altogether. 
I don't know, maybe like I guess I lean towards the over because I think like he's still like a really talented player, but I have no interest in betting Cam Akers. What about the other three backs? Walker. And by, by the, by, by the way, like running. Well, I just say running backs too, like rookie running backs, young running backs, guys that you're interested in in terms of maybe sleepers in in fantasy. The preseason, that's like a legitimate. I think you don't want to read too much into the preseason, but like training camp and preseason, when you watch a guy run. That's that's the one position to me where you can say, okay, this guy could actually end up being really good because opportunity pops up so so often. So like that's one if you're if you're if you're thinking about a Rams over or under in terms of the running back props, like or drafting Zach Evans, like watch those preseason games um, because he's going to play because Sean McVay doesn't play any of his starters. That that is true. Uh, McVay notoriously never plays his starters in the preseason. So let's hit the other three running backs in the NFC West. And like we can talk about these running back groups also. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, eight ninety nine and a half. Elijah Mitchell, his backup. Mitchell's awesome, like a league winner winner in fantasy. If, if McCaffrey goes down, which we hope doesn't happen. James Conner, six seventy four and a half with Arizona, and like not a lot of competition behind James Conner for snaps in that Cardinals backfield for what should be the worst team in the league this year. And Ken Walker, nine forty nine and a half. I know some are worried about Zach Charbonnet drafted by Seattle on day two um, out of Michigan. Charbonnet maybe eating into Kenneth Walker's workload. I think Kenneth Walker's awesome. Uh, Walker, Connor, McCaffrey, what do you got? So, uh, as I mentioned before, we did the Seattle uh, podcast, Pick 6 podcast. Check it out wherever you subscribe to your podcast with uh, Mike Duger of The Athletic. And he talked about sort of how Charbonnet is the way that the Seahawks view these two guys. Kenneth Walker, um, and I, I think I made the analogy, but like Kenneth Walker doesn't hit singles and he doesn't hit doubles he hits he's a he's like adam dunn he's a three true outcome guy right he's either gonna hit a home run or he's gonna like lose a yard and they think Char charbonnet can be the guy um i guess maybe not like rashad but they think charbonnet can be the guy who can come in and pick up the yardage that they need so i love kenneth walker i mean i you know i drafted him last year i think he you know when you watch him run he's so big and explosive like, he's just like huge like upper body he runs with power he runs with authority and when he gets when he gets a spot he can really hit a home run but there's a chance of the, the sort of the way that they divvy up these carries and the and the and the you know the the carry share here is a little more equal than people expect just because i think they trust maybe charbonnet to be more consistent in you know it's third and 3 he can go get that four yards. He's not trying to get the 60-yard run. And I think Pete Carroll values that a lot, as he as he should. So uh, Ken Walker, I'm a little hesitant. I think that's a pretty big number. The way that he runs, susceptible to injury, too. Uh, banged up last year, of course, uh, as well. And, you know, I just don't know that they're going to, like, give him 30 carries a game or anything like that. And so getting to 1,000, uh, not exactly easy. So I, I guess yeah. that would be my thoughts uh, on Seattle in particular. Yeah, I think it's good stuff on on Kenneth Walker. I, I'm I'm bullish on like on talent with Walker. You make a lot of good points there. I I just think Walker's sure. so 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 good. Like I I think it would be nuts like to not give him the ball a ton. But you no, know, I don't have to be right. You could definitely be right. Charbonnet could definitely be more involved. It's an over or nothing for me on Kenneth Walker. But for me, that's a bet on talent. Um, Arizona with James Conner. I'm going to tell you who the backups are behind James Conner at the running back position. And you tell me, well, we know the answer is Lamar no, right? Miller. They're, this is not, Lamar Miller's got <laughs> a lot of run on the show this week. Like, this is a team that is not serious. This team is not serious th this year, not serious about winning games, actually serious about losing games. I would think this year um, in Arizona. So James Conner is the unquestioned one behind him. Corey Clement who's been in the NFL for like 30 years at this point. Now, God bless him. Keontae Ingram, who was a rookie last year, who I think like 
probably would have popped already last year if he was going to pop ever. Tyson Williams, who people might remember as like being a hot fantasy pick in Baltimore and was like starter for like half a game and then we never heard from him again. again. And then someone called Amari Di Mercado, who I think I met when I was on the Amalfi Coast <laughs> in Italy. I have no idea who that is. Um, so this is... It's the James Conner show. It's going to get a ton of work this week, this year for Arizona. Um, Dean Mercado, Tyler says, a running back at TCU, whatever. Uh, Conner, 674 and a half. And then, Will, if you have thoughts on uh, McCaffrey and the San Francisco 49ers backfield also. I, I will say that there is one game. And by the way, uh, I mean, you were really slipping here, man. Two hours and 28 minutes before you got your first uh, honeymoon in Italy uh, reference that wasn't a pre-recorded humble brag about the Amalfi Coast. Um, I thought about threads for a second and then threw my phone <laughs> in the ocean and sauntered into the sun at the Amalfi Coast. Another glorious day of my honeymoon. <laughs> um, do you know what? Do you know what game the Cardinals want to win? By the way, uh, what do you mean? What game they want to win? Week week eleven at Houston Texans. They want to win oh, that a, game because they have the well, Texans well, like first or, round well, picks yeah, next yeah. year. Too. Yeah, or, or, or lose it. So it's like a win. It's a win win. Yes. 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 And the Will right. Anderson. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I think you look at right, which is probably going to end up. I like Houston this year as, I, as we talked about earlier, but probably going to end up biting the, uh, the the Texans in the ass unless they are really good. I mean, I dude, I don't. Keontae Ingram, maybe. I, I, I don't want. I don't really want anything to do with this, this, this running back, like this running back group. Maybe the team is a little bit better than we think, and they get like maybe the Seahawks are bad, and and the and the Rams are terrible, and they get four games in which they're competitive. But even like two of those are against Aaron Donald, and the Seahawks defense is a little bit better. It's like like James Conner just J- James Conner is also you know. A sort of a holdover from the Steve Kime regime. Like Steve Kime paid him. Like there's no connection to James Conner with this current coaching staff and current front office. Like I, they didn't add anybody, but I think that's more about we're not spending at the running back position on the year. We're going to be terrible versus we love James Conner. So could he get a ton of carries? Sure. I think it's also possible that they just feed some of these dudes like Keontae Ingram and, and Mario DiMaccardo, and you just take late round flyers on them and hope that they can give you something in fantasy. I have no interest in in this in this team at all whatsoever, really. Yeah, I think I think Connor is going to be bad this year. Uh, probably not a lot of efficiency. I'd only consider an under here on James Connor. You better you bet with Nick and Will. Tremendous football Thursday. Ken Barkley returns to the show next week, talking player props now in the NFC West at the running back position. I actually want to ask you this question now, just about Arizona in general. It's a really interesting game in Week One. Um, the Commanders are not rated highly, obviously low win total. Starting Sam Howell at quarterback, but because of how bad Arizona is, and Arizona is projected to be the worst team in the league this year. Washington is a six-point home favorite against the Cardinals on Sunday, September 10th in week one. Total of the game is 40. Ken and I detailed this when Dan Snyder sold the team to uh, Josh Harris that, like, if there were ever going to be a home field advantage that was noticeable, it would be here in, like, the first half of this game, early in this game, where that crowd is going to be, like, thirsty for blood um, with Dan Snyder out and kind of like the new era of Washington football. I was going to say Commanders football, but they're going to change the name probably. Do you have a thought on what you want to do in that game? Commanders minus six at home against Arizona. 
you know, not watch it on television. Um, <laughs> primarily, I think, look, don't forget, this is a Colt McCoy revenge game. He was the commanders for like five, I think he was with the commanders for three different names. Like he might have been there for the Washington football team, the Arskins, and, and the commanders. I, I, I think it was 2014 to 2019, so maybe not. But, um, you know, we assume Kyler Murray's not going to play. I mean, that would be pretty shocking if he was ready week one. I mean, I so I think Pete Prisco probably responsible for sort of talking me into being a little bit higher on Washington than I was maybe a month ago. That defense could be really good. Look, if that defense is as good as Pete thinks it's going to be, and I don't think that's an outrageous claim. Like, what? The, how the hell it, are the are the Cardinals going to score? I mean, this Cardinals offense is assuming again Kyler doesn't play. Colt McCoy, Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown. Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch, guys at offensive human, line, and James Conner. Like, that is... Hum, the human Dorch. Yeah, I mean, what... <laughs> yeah, right, the human Dorch, yes. Like, I, I mean, how many of those guys are starting for a fantasy team? Much less a regular NFL team. Like, that's it's pretty crazy, man. Hollywood, that's it. Maybe Ertz. Like if, yeah, if that's like, it. Yeah, as like a low-end tight end. But yeah, but Hollywood yeah, and, is the only one. And, and, you want, and you want Hollywood to be like your wide receiver three or like flex worst case scenario. Like if he's your wide yes. receiver two, you're probably screwed unless Kyler comes back. So I think I would probably lean towards putting Washington. I like that Washington. I think you sort of pointed out Washington first half could be a fun, like look, especially if they come out, just you know, gassed up. And like this team is this franchise, this fan base is like over the moon in terms of getting Dan Snyder out of there, getting Josh Harrison, having new ownership. It changes everything. Like, I, I've never seen a fan base celebrate something like this in terms of an ownership change. Like, maybe a coaching change, GM change, quarterback change. Sure. Ownership change? Like, this is crazy how excited they are. It's out of, it's out of control. You've never seen an owner this loathed in, like, in sports, really. So, yep. I think, yeah, it's going to be rowdy in there. It's going to be loud. And I think the the commanders will come out hot and play good defense against a really bad offense. So I don't mind that first half look. Washington probably a pretty good teaser leg or, or a money line parlay leg as well. I was going to say, like, locally here. But even the Mets had success a couple of years under the Wilpons. When the Wilpons sold to Steve Cohen, Mets fans were pretty happy here. But even, like I said, like, they had the like, Snyder never had success as the owner of the Washington Commanders. By the way, speaking of baseball, we'll get Jake's he had more on NFL investigations than playoff wins. It's, it's really, it's really <laughs> bad. We'll, we'll get... We'll get Jake's thoughts on the Angels deciding not only not to trade Shohei Otani, but to be buyers at the deadline, acquiring uh, Lucas Giolito yesterday, and apparently more moves coming down the pike for the Angels. We'll get to uh, to that as we move along. Uh, we have to hit wide receivers here and pass catchers, and we can quickly roll through this because uh, we're running out of time in the show, and we have a bunch of other stuff we'd like to hit. Um, so I'll give you AFC West receivers, Will. You give me like one or two things that stand out. We'll do this on the other side too. Kelsey, 1,149 and a half receiving yards. Mike Williams, 799 and a half. Keenan Allen, 875 and a half. Quinton Johnston, 574 and a half. Devontae, 1299 and a half. Cortland Sutton, 699 and a half. Jerry Judy, 874 and a half. Anything stand out there? Anything interesting? Um, like when you hear like this, you hear a name and you're like, well, maybe not this name, but like another name on this team. Anything here, receivers in the AFC West and pass catchers. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you don't take an under on him ever because he's Travis Kelsey. He's still playing great. He's still hitting on Taylor Swift. I don't know if you saw that or not. Fun little fun little story on the New Heights Show podcast they do together. Um, he tried to take a, a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it and get it to, to T-Swift before the, 
the show in, in Kansas City, and she she deed him up. She gave him the Heisman. He's not really thrilled about it. Um, I think I'm kind of interested in most regular season touchdowns, eight and a half to one, and then his over nine and a half receiving touchdowns, minus 130. This is a guy who is just on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. Where they are so creative in terms of how they operate around the goal line. He just gets fed. He's going to have a two or three touchdown game two or three times a year. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he ended the season with you know the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL. The only one that I'd be interested in, really, on an over here for sure. Well, Mike Williams, 799 and a half. If I knew he would stay healthy. I think Mike Williams smashes that and goes over 1,000. Uh, Devontae, 1299 and a half. I mean, I don't think you can ever make the number high enough for Devontae. I don't care that it's Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. More wide receiver talk in the AFC West and the NFC West receivers as well. The close up hour number three next.